working on my 12 days of Christmas list. Last year, Dad told me that if I did everything on the list, I could have whatever I wanted for Christmas. And this year, all I want for Christmas is for Dad to come home. Well, as you know, he just started, and he's yellow belt. But man, he's a quick study. That kid is tough. He got that from his father. The physical toughness. Yeah, I have to earn my black belts by Christmas, and I have to teach myself. What? Jesse, a black belt by Christmas? And he thinks if he gets a black belt, it'll bring his dad back? I just saw that. I'm telling you, he's alive. I need to get that black belt. You know. What? Because I'm having nightmares? Yeah. Yeah, and your kid's having nightmares too. Did you know that? Oh, hello, moving radio listeners. It's that time of year again. That's right. There's barely any snow on the ground. How weird is that? Strange. Yes. There's Christmas trees set up in everyone's front room. There's lights strewn over every house in town. Sometimes you're around now, because who doesn't love LED lights? That's right. It's time for the moving radio, I Want to Scratch Out My Eyes Christmas Film annual extravaganza. I don't know that that's the title I'm going to stick with. It's kind of just like a working title, but that's what we're doing. Joining me today at our roundtable discussion, or more should I say our star table discussion, because we're sitting right at the legitimate CGSR logo carved into wood, is none other than the illustrious Mark Davies. Hello, Mark. Hello. I just want to point out it's our fifth year doing the annual Christmas movie tradition. And I also want to point out, applesauce is the new Jello. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, also joining us, I forgot this is the fifth year in a row that I forced you to watch something horrific on Christmas, is Lucas Anders as well. Hello, Lucas. Hello. Thank God I didn't have to sit through the last three renditions. Yeah. This is number two for me. Yeah. There. You know, well, uh, for anyone that doesn't know what's going on or hasn't, uh, you know, been here for the last four years, which probably is everyone, um, what we do here on Moving Radio over Christmas is that Mark Davies was like, let's watch a seasonal film. Five years ago, I assume, is what mm-hmm. happened. Maybe you remember this better than I did. Uh, and then I decided, I'm like, wait, let's not watch like Miracle on 34th Street. Let's not watch It's a Wonderful Life. Let's watch something really bad or questionable or just like why is this even Christmassy um, so I, for my own interest for my own sake and I don't know why Mark was game but he was so we've watched things like the Star Wars holiday special last year was what was that horrific animated thing again Rap, Rap City oh yes uh, Rap Street City Kids. Street Kids that Believe was, that was terrible <laughs> that was terrible <laughs> CGI animation that actually aired on television stations. There was the other one with the Spanish devil yes. versus Santa. I forget the title of that You one. know what? I had a feeling you were going to talk about this today, yeah. and I actually went through the archives. Oh, and I good. Couldn't, what do I, we have? I couldn't find it, unfortunately, so oh. I can't remember the name. So. I, uh, there's a, look, moving radio fans, I've been on the air for 20 years. I don't have everything archived. I'm <laughs> sorry. You, you pretty much got the last three years. That's all you get. That's pretty uh, good. And maybe slowly but surely some things have released and other things are just gone. Off in the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this year, let me tell you people, I sat there in my prosthetist's office with my legs getting fixed and I was like, let's find the perfect Christmas film for Mark Davies and myself and maybe some friends to watch. 
and I came across a karate Christmas or karate Christmas. I guess depending on how you want to pronounce it, it looked terrible. And friends, did it ever deliver? It lived up to it. It so lived up to it. I thought, what a simple forward title: a karate Christmas. What two things that go together, right? Like uh, peanut butter and jelly. It's like Kool-Aid dust and water, right? It just makes sense. So I decided to unleash this on everyone's eyes. What well, is it about? Friends, let me tell you. From a very long summary that I had to edit down <laughs> online, it's about a young boy's father that disappeared during, get ready for this, a mass shooting on Christmas Day. This sounds like a real bummer. That's for sure. The year before, this precious 10-year-old, Jesse Genesis, that's really the character's last name, played by Mario Del Vecchi, the son of the writer, creates a 12 days of Christmas list like any young boy is prone to do of tasks that he wants to complete before Christmas. He believes that if he completes them all, including becoming a self-taught karate black belt like any other 10-year-old boy would want to, his father will return on Christmas Day. If I complete these tasks, Papa will return. And then Jesse's sophisticated workaholic mother, Abby, believes that her husband died in the shooting, but visions of Jesse uh, keep coming back to her that give her this glimmer of hope that father may return. And you know what? I mean, is it a film even if he doesn't return? Come on. Also, Abby and Liss, the aid of an eccentric psychic turned law professor. A roller coaster thriller, not my words, someone else's, ensues, and the trio unravels an unexpected mystery, and maybe, just maybe, will witness the delivery of a miracle that can only happen on Christmas. I think fairly accurate, but there's a whole <laughs> lot of things that are crazy that happen in it that we have not talked about yet. Really fun fact for you. Okay, when fantastic. I, when I was searching for Karate Christmas, I stumbled upon Wrestling Christmas. Oh, yes. It's sort of, sort of a pseudo-sibling film. It's not... <laughs> I, is two a series? I guess so, right? Maybe. Yeah. I, just, I just want to start that the movie begins with a Justice for All Productions label. Yeah, so, big Metallica fans or right? something else. Right. I don't know. But Christian, I think you outdid yourself this year because oh, thank you. This movie, there's so much going on, and it's so dense, but also so convoluted yeah. at, at the same time that it just jumps from left to right. But I, I do want to say though, we'll start with the with the cameos and the appearances. Let's first of all say that Abby is a dead ringer for Sarah Silverman because I really thought for a second I was watching Sarah Silverman in this comedy slash Christmas movie. You know, I saw certainly a strong resemblance, but let's talk about Eric Roberts, you know, just coming in, throwing 100 miles per hour, kind of in these surreal David Lynchian scenes mm -hmm. that were kind of like, I can't even articulate them. He would just kind of show up, uh, some weird editing would go on, he would talk strangely, and then he would basically exit. And he, I think he had about three of those scenes. Uh, we had Martin Cove, or I think that's the actor's name. Oh, from, yeah. Oh, yeah, it certainly is. From The Great Karate Kid Number 3, and I don't know what else he's done. Oh, he's also in Cobra Kai, buddy. Big that's right. part Cobra of Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, yes. Um, hello, I think Commando as well? Yes, yes. So, like, the Cove is good, and a legendary cigar smoker. <laughs> <Is he? laughs> Legend. So I think 
certainly for Roberts and Cove, it's like, keep cashing those checks, right? Like, it's like, hey, you know, the producers came up to them and said, we need you in this kid's Christmas movie. And I don't even think they had to look at the script. They're like, let's get some syndication money going. That was probably the main appeal for them. Yeah, there's several people like that. Dean Cain would be another one. You know, I feel like Michael Pere, and this may be starting to deep cut way too much for you at this point here, (laughs) was another guy that kind of started that trend. There's lots of great people who are just willing to cash the check, maybe not even read the whole script, like just pay attention to what they need to do maybe and, and do it. And definitely Roberts is one of those guys. He's a hired gun. And yet at the same time, he'll do upper echelon stuff every once in a while it's mm-hmm. it's very interesting like that guy's just he's a working actor yeah it's 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 bizarre when you get into this space where you don't really care about the quality so much it's just like like you said cashing that paycheck in a in a way yeah so you've got recognizable names i mean that's that's an instant way to get any level of distribution or at least seen at a film festival which i'll talk about later this played at a film festival. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk. We'll about get to that. that. We'll okay. get to that. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So, what about first impressions, right, of the film itself? Like, I felt as usual, it takes me a while to get settled into this stuff because I always feel like I'm like, oh, I know this is going to be bad. So I prepare myself, right, and then I start to think, I'm like, when is the point where I just about want to shut it off, and then boom it hooks me because it's reached another level of bad that I didn't know it could, or just like, where's this going to go? The curiosity element. So was there any point for you gentlemen where you kind of felt like this, this beginning part is, is tough to follow? Cause I mean, we kind of covered the plot a little bit, but I don't want to get in the minutia of covering every second of the film all the way through. Right. What was the point for you that you were like, Oh, now I'm intrigued or maybe that never happened. Well, I actually, great minds think alike, Christian, because I wrote at the 26-minute mark of the film was when I was ready to turn it off. So I made it 26 minutes in. So just for personal reference, I think the movie only runs an hour and 21 minutes. I can't remember what was going on at the 26-minute mark, but I'm like, I'm kind of bored, right? But I think I got hooked when I kept seeing kind of a clown that looks like the clown from the new kind of terrifier horror genre movies shows up at the movie theater with a gun and a silencer at the end. And that was probably at the point where I'm like, okay, maybe there's going to be some action in this film. And I was like, maybe the kid takes down the clown, but that never happened. But I would say kind of seeing that clown kind of hooked me in and I wanted to stick with it right till the very end and pay tribute to a karate kid Christmas. Yeah. And that is a point too, where as I started to look into it more, I really started to question why they were doing that because like there's allusions to this idea of the clown the movie theater of like an actual you know shooting that happened in aurora colorado Mm -hmm. which is also a name of one of the characters in there where like 11 people legitimately died so i was kind of like as i got through it i was like is this just really in bad taste and I don't know. I mean, I, get, I guess it really depends where you're coming from. I mean, if I was affected by that, I definitely might feel differently. And I, and I kind of, like, was on the fence myself about it watching. I was like, what are they trying to do here? Yeah. Like, is there, are they trying to make some sort of statement? And then there was times where I got confused because I was like, is this a secret Jesus movie? Is this one of those crafty, there's going to be a Jesus message at the end, right. and I don't definitely know. Yeah. It's like the killers. I'm like, what? You're a Jesus band? And they're like, yeah, secret Jesus band. 
the killers are amazing and, and a secret Jesus, Jesus band. That's <laughs> wild. Yeah, I just um, it's crazy. I I definitely felt that throughout the film, right? Like I thought they were thinly veiling some sort of message about like guns are bad. And then there was this moment where, you know, they were at the karate dojo and there was this women's self-defense class. And I was just like, this is coming out of left field. Like, what is going on with this? It just, it doesn't really have any through line in terms of where we were going with the plot or like how we get to the end. It's just, it's crazy the way... Um, all these little things pop up. And like you said, this whole thing around Colorado and and just these thinly veiled messages. And you're like, okay, why are they here? Does it make yeah, sense to be know. here? I don't know what they were trying to necessarily say. Maybe, maybe if I get it, I gave it more attention than I would. But I, I always find myself, I'm like, come on, man, you can do this. Right. Like it's it's like a marathon and I keep getting closer and closer to the end of the running time. And I'm like, you got this. I just keep having to tell myself in my head. I'm like, you can power through this, buddy. You're OK. Don't fall asleep. I did fall you're asleep. you're just going to have to rewind. Watch, rewind you, you, watch. This isn't just a sit and watch. It's like you got to talk about this. So, mm-hmm. Lucas, was there a moment for you where you were like, OK, this now I see what the hook is for me. Or were you like, it never happened? It I don't was, know it if it ever... It was always needles in my eyes. Well, I mean, like, I always was hoping for, like, your Rocky moment, him with a punching bag and, like, you know, training to get his black belt. And the only thing that they really gave me was, like, kiddo waking up from bed and doing a sit-up. And I was like, this is just not exciting. I you, wanted my you do Rocky get moment of him at a dojo. I right? know, but it wasn't enough for me. I felt like that was one of those things shoehorned in because it was like it was Julie Kimmel, no relation, by the way, to Jimmy, or maybe I was maybe, curious. Cousins, yeah. maybe, maybe fourth yeah. cousins, but I didn't see anything there. Was she like, okay, so we've got a dojo we can we can film in and a movie theater. I think I can pull together a script like this. Like, was she doing Ed Wood math on how do I make the script work because I've got a couple of locations? Right. Or that Tammy and the T-Rex movie where the guy was like, you've got this big, giant, rubber, dinosaur, mecha thing, and it's like, write a movie around it because you got it for a week and then shoot it. Well, That's what I felt like happened here. If, if you want to, you use the perfect word, Christian, when you said shoehorning, because mm-hmm. how about rotoscoping was in the film for a good... I would say they use that technique for a good seven minutes or so. And if everybody, if nobody knows what uh, rotoscoping is, it's basically where you draw over the image uh, of that you've shot. And Richard Linklater, he's actually done it quite effective in some movies. But talk about that was being obtuse was was the rotoscoping that appears in a Christmas movie that may or may not have a social message and is at the same time uh, trying to deal with uh, a young man and his upbringing during the holidays. So I, I didn't know where that came from was, was that technique. Yeah. And you lost me at, I don't know, the third belt and the explanation. I was just like, can we just move on now? Like, this is too much. <laughs> like they were going through each belt and what it meant. And I was just like, come on guys, like we can do better. <laughs> Look for me, it, it's when it became not just maybe the karate kid 
in some thinly veiled way where it's like the single mother and the kid, right? Although they didn't move to California from New York at this point. Uh, when it started to meet the Long Island medium, like when that kid walks into that college class mm-hmm. and the woman is teaching this like law class with all the kids in the kind of like cartoon cutout um, here's my university sweatshirt, right? right? And then this woman is bizarrely dressed with just like a random Christmas necktie on a shirt that doesn't require a necktie <laughs> to somehow maybe look professional or seasonal. Like it, it, it felt like that's the kind of tie someone puts on when they're drunk at a party, not the kind of tie I wear to work to teach law. That was because the kid comes in and like all of a sudden is like very smart about law. Who randomly shows up there? I was like, so jarring. And then psychic stuff. I was like, what? What is this? Right. Well, I I also appreciate too when whether you want to call her the wacky professor or the sage or the Christmas guardian, but at one point they end up at a bar. Her and the mother of the boy, and suddenly the movie becomes kind of a meta commentary on social class, and they're talking about how Abby, the mother of the Karate Kid. Uh, she attended an Ivy League school and she's always had it easy in her life. And she's almost like persecuting her. And it's like, you don't know where this conversation came from because there was no earlier indication no context. of no context of like social class commentary. And it's just like, and she's supposed to be the Christmas guardian, but she's drunk and she's basically putting her into the ground. The scene did remind me, actually, I recently watched Seven with uh, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. And uh, they're having kind of a discussion about life and they're having a drink at the bar. So maybe Julie Kimmel had watched Seven recently and said, you know what? I also want to put that scene in the movie, too. <laughs> maybe maybe she's a Fincher fan. Could be. Um, yeah. And then Jesse ends up being kind of clairvoyant in some ways. So... I just, that's where that kind of got me as well. Um, you know, you said something off the top of the show there, Mark, and uh, I said, we'll get to that later. Every once in a while, I do like to write down like strange lines of dialogue that I'm like, where did this come from? And it kind of related to what you said. My favorite line of dialogue was the mother on the phone and said, uh, just randomly, right, right at the top of a scene when it's starting, so you're kind of like cutting in the middle of a conversation at the end of it. Um, she says, I can market applesauce with jalapenos. And then, uh, Mom, where are you? How did you find this phone? <laughs> As, like, Mom cut into the phone. So I, I was just like, I don't understand how this is starting the scene. And then you said, Applesauce is the new Jello. She's somehow a, a marketer. Marketing. Yeah. yeah specialist who's investigating all these things but then i thought about it and i was like i think someone was trying to make applesauce the new jello because it was in all those little packages you could get it in lunches and stuff like that they were flavoring it with other fruits and i was like i think she may have been onto something here that julie saw something in one of those food trends that we see come so much like oh sun-dried tomatoes are everywhere or like how did i didn't grow up with pumpkin spice lattes Right? There was no PSL season for me as a young boy. It didn't exist. So I was kind of like, you know, maybe she thought that was kind of a prophetic line at the time. Because this is not an old movie. This is like 2019. 2019, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 2019. So I don't know when it was done exactly within that or when it was released. I seen it was shot pre-COVID and released around then. So I was really disappointed with Abby's reaction to coffee after their night out. And I was just like, come on, guys coffee it's 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 a beautiful thing i just had some this morning 
Maybe it, I, I want to say, I mean, we've had this discussion for so long and, you know, we can go back to other parts of the film, but I have to say I did get a little bit emotional and, and I, I want to go to the end of the film was that somehow we end up at the classic house, you know, and they're having their Christmas dinner and to all the millions of listeners out there. The boy finally earns his black belt, believe it or not, after all the discussion we've had. He earns his black belt by chopping the wood in half. And suddenly, the dad appears at the end of the film, and they're all together. And you know what? i got to say, I I will say, Julie Kimmel, for as outrageous as your directing was, I felt it a little bit there for a second because I wanted that out of my Christmas movie. I always want a little bit of a tear at the end. And it happened. The kid chopped the wood. The dad came. And there was a big hug embrace. And they didn't earn that hug, but I felt the hug, though. No, they did not earn it. It, it was like, it was the only way this is going to end. Right. And if there were tears, I think, Mark, it might have been tears of joy that it's over. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I, I don't know if there was any fiber in my being that wanted to, to cry in that moment. I just didn't feel like that boy earned it. You know, he smacked a couch yeah. and did a sit-up. Okay, Jesse. You're supposed to break this with one hit, right? So give it your best shot. I escaped. Well, okay. I guess I was on target. I'm home. I'm home. You did this for me, didn't you? I did, so you would come home. You're a black belt, Jesse. You're a black belt. You earned it. It's a miracle. It's a true Christmas miracle. So my other thing is, the kid's got a giant list, right? He's got it on his wall. He's written it all down, right? Like, there's so many things this kid's trying to achieve for Christmas. And I, and I do applaud him for getting his black belt. Um, but, like, where were all the other things on the list? Like, I, I was like, I was like, I just wanted to see a montage of, like, a la Rocky Four running in the snow, lifting logs. Saying. You know what I mean? Like, I like, needed let's that. see him, like, do all the things. And then he's like... Yeah, he's like, I've been building myself up to this moment and now become a superior human being like I should be and achieved many goals that I could potentially get. Like, I have, I have, I've gotten rid of any procrastination in my life. And now that my father is gone, I've become the person I always wanted to be and achieve these 12 things. And really, it was just about the belts. I, I don't know. And then they find dad. Yeah, the list got lost somewhere. I wonder if dad was around the corner and he was like, if he breaks that belt, I'll come out. <laughs> I'll come but out if of he the doesn't wood. break the, the wood, belt. I'm just going to leave him forever. I just got to wait. I just got to wait. He broke the wood? Okay, good. I'll come out now. I'll come out now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's interesting. I, look, I also love like weird uh, props or things like that. So the Christmas tree at the end with the belts on it, 
Oh, I didn't notice that. You yeah. didn't notice oh, that, no, Mark. You're a details guy. I, yeah. I I saw that, so and I was like, this that. is so cheese. So all of his belts that lead up to the black belt before he gets it are strewn on the Christmas tree, like, decorations. Yeah. Like, line. it's like the lining that goes around the tree. Yeah. yeah. The... I, and I always wonder, I'm like, is somebody doing it? And then Julie Kimmel, the director, says, oh, my God, that's such a good idea. Like you would do when somebody comes up with a great idea and it makes the story better. Or was it like, Julie was like, oh my, why would you think that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's go with Which it. Which I hope is what she did. Why would we do this? Oh no, wait. That's the right call. Yeah, let's do it. I, I know I'm not like typically a details guy, but I like, this is something that I noticed and it was kind of like just ironically funny to me. Like the the mother comes up at the beginning of the film and she's like, your dinner dinner's getting cold and she just laid out the salad and i'm like what's (laughs) going on here and like i think they only had budget for salad because even in the restaurant (laughs) they were just like here's some salad for everybody and the person was stirring the fake soup and it was just like come on guys like put some water in 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 this you know, basin <laughs> and like make it real for me. I, I think probably props had a limited budget and they could only buy bag salads from CVS in the United States. And that's what they came back with. And that yeah, was the dinner. Disappointed me. <laughs> I just wanted to see some real food. Some potatoes and roast beef. Yeah. Like okay. some turkey, you know, like Christmas yeah, turkey. No Christmas food there. Nothing yeah, salad's to... not the first thing to go at the Christmas buffet. Let's be honest here. I was just at one on Thursday, and I never even took it. I was like, <laughs> potatoes, gravy, turkey, turkey, stuffing, pierogies, cabbage rolls, salad. I'm good. You're good. Yeah, that's I mean, the last thing you I want. Eat I eat it. I still Christmas like buffet. it. Yeah, but I'm not putting it on my plate with all the hot stuff. Um, I just can only imagine how bad craft services was. He was like, what did the actors have? Well, we've got granola bars. <laughs> and apples. You can unwrap those. <laughs> well, how about that salad in the corner? What? That's for on set. Maybe after we're done <laughs> and we do like eight takes and it's been sitting under the hot lights, then you can have some of that salad. But for now, it's granola bar time. That's all you got. Uh, there's also one more thing, too. They pull open the drawer and then there's newspaper articles. Yeah. And it legitimately looks like grade 10 English projects that I've seen <laughs> of like pseudo newspapers. Like yeah. it's the worst replication of a newspaper article Those ever. Those clippings. Like, yeah, the only thing it was missing was like the genius idea that grade 10s always have of like, I burnt the edges of the paper. It looks old, Zip. I'm like, oh yeah, I've never seen that before. That's crazy. I think even I did that and thought like, what a genius idea. Yeah. That's what the smart kids do. Yeah, you stain it in tea, and then you burn all yeah, the sides, it's and paper. it's just exciting, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of crazy. So, look, uh, I don't know. I mean, what else do we want to make sure that we hit on this? I'm just gonna say that probably my favorite performance was definitely this uh, this the psychic. Oh, no, no, I think it's Julie McCullough. To be honest with you, the psychic law teacher lady, like I think she steals the show. She definitely like, you know, punched out there and like was just like you're right there's just something about her that even like that's not a class I'd want to go to I'd probably you know mm-hmm. if I was auditing I'd probably be out there and then out of that room in a minute or two <laughs> Why but like 
but there was something quirky about her performance for sure. Well, and what was interesting too was there was at one time she was teaching an online class and oh, and that I, it was insane and it borderline was jarring. racist. It was borderline. it was it was, no, it was, it was really maybe even racist. Racist, yeah. <laughs> was like, it was it was so inappropriate. So just for context, I, this professor is teaching a class. Uh, and I don't know if they name the. They did. It's like this place in India. Right. Yeah. In Sentinel or something. Yeah, something Sentinel Island or something. And, like that, and the right? footage is is really inappropriate. And and I don't know what they were going for there, but it was just. No clue. It was it was so distasteful that. Yeah. I, I think that was a scene that where Kimmel really needed to be a bit more harsh with her editing because they didn't, and the scene didn't even make sense either. Not that any of the movie made it sense, but felt. this was the one scene where you're like, "Why is this in here?" Yeah. 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 Was and it was towards the end. I was just like, "What is going on?" <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like why? That was one point where I was kind of like, "Should I even be watching this?" Right. Yeah. yeah. Look again when we review these films, people. We're trying to save you. We're not. Re- we're not recommending. Yeah, we're not recommending the. Film. Please don't watch this film. Yeah. I, I, at that point, I was like, should we even be talking about this? <laughs> I was like, yeah. That was the point where I was like, I don't know anymore. What I, what I can't figure out too was this movie. Was it trying to get the Hallmark money? Like, is this was this on know. the Hallmark Channel in the United States? Like, what was the ultimate goal for Kimmel? Because I think you said you were going to bring it up, Christian. Did this play at film festivals? Here's or what I what's think. What's the story behind it? So Julie Kimmel is also the vice chairwoman, at least from what I found online, and the technical director of the Hoboken International Film Festival. HIF, I guess you would call it. Mm. Because it's Hoboken HIF. I don't know that rolls off the tongue quite as much. But, and then there was one point where the mother in the film is wearing a T-shirt that says the Hoboken International Film Festival. I feel like, I didn't find it, but I feel like that's the only place it played. Oh, if right. it did. So, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the point was necessarily. Because I tried to look that up and be like, so where's the money coming from? Yeah. And what's the point of this? And where were they trying to go? Well, That's what I loved about Rhapsody when we talked about it last year. Because it was a whole, you know, treasure trove of things about why was this made in the first place. Like, was this yeah. a, a tax film or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. It just felt like it had no direction. And like we talked about the justice for all, there was this gun moment, the the thing with like the women's self-defense course. So I'm just like, and none of it really made sense within the context of the film either. Like it just, for me, I was just like, even like the dream sequence, I was like, the first time we cut to like the moment of the dream, I was like, are we in a new space here? Like, does does this belong? Because it feels like we just stepped out of the world that we were setting up. Because, you know, the the girls just standing there and, like, like you said, I can't remember the name of the actor right now, but, you know, he's on the screen and you're just like... Eric and Roberts. I, Eric Roberts. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on here. It's just, it's so lost in in all... Of, of the spaces that it exists in. And like, like you talked about that whole idea of wanting me, like that, that's all I wanted for was just like, I wanted that montage scene of something uh, to get us to this point of dad returning. I, so. I would say my final thought is, I think with Julie Kimmel and whatever she directs in the future, and I'll certainly be keeping an eye on her filmography, um, 
I think I would say less is more. I think she needs to pare back a you lot mean of her work ideas. Less? <laughs> or work less? Yeah, less produce more. less. <laughs> produce less. Less is more. Yes. Well, there we watched Karate Christmas. You referred to a wrestling Christmas. As don't well. do it. I don't know. Okay, so let's just try to figure out like what could be the next one. What could be a blank Christmas? I mean, it's been two hand-to-hand so, combat sports, right? What could be the third one? The third one. A rock, paper, scissors Christmas? <laughs> no, you know what? Does that work? Well, you know what I see online is the new viral and totally inappropriate as well is I think it's a hand-slapping uh, oh, competition. Yeah, that's stupid. Yes, I hate that so much. It, it's so so egregious and just worse. I, I could see like a hand a hand slapping Christmas. This is the like over that. the top yes yeah. idea of uh, arm wrestling became big. So it was like, yeah, let's make a slap movie. Movie, yes. I think slap movie, uh, a kid's slap movie Christmas. Oh God, I do not want to see children <laughs> slapping each other. <laughs> oh no, no. Lucas, any ideas? A blank Christmas. It's first, it's karate, then it's wrestling, then it's. I like to curl, so maybe a curling, curling Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, oh, let's let's rock that's it. Nice alliteration. I'm bringing down the house. You've already got the tagline. You know, let's rock this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I apologize. It's gonna be a sweeping success. Yeah. Whoa, you're on fire here, right? Like you that that book you wrote of dad jokes and puns, really coming in strong. <laughs> yeah, it's very helpful right now. So, um, thank right you. Right on the button. Yeah. Oh, my God. It never ends. It never ends. I know uh, Christian was just about to say thank you, but I, off topic, I just want to say, first of all, uh, thank you to all the Moving Radio listeners. And I want to give a big shout out to Christian Zip. He is the man who keeps this institution, this franchise together. He's been doing it for a long time. His passion, his leadership, everything is what makes cjsr and moving radio so great so i just want to let christian know that he is one of a kind and truly a special person and i also want to say thank you to Lindsay and lucas my son he's sitting beside me and he's going to see if i have any tears coming out right now because i think christian's such a a great guy and i just want to say happy holidays to everybody out there in cjsr world and i'm looking forward to michael mann's ferrari and thank you for listening the last five years don't want to steal your thunder, Mark, but I completely agree with you on Zip. You are the man. You're a wonderful human being, and thanks for all the opportunities you've given us over these last few years. Yeah. I am grateful that the power of editing will allow me to erase <laughs> any of this, these goodwill messages to me, which I feel like are overinflated quite significantly. I really feel like the only thing that's powering me uh, to do anything extra is my third kidney. So there you go. Yeah. There's transplant jokes for you. <laughs> uh, thank you both so much. Look, the show only works just because uh, we got lots of people doing it. And I'm very thankful to be surrounded by amazing people. So I'm just lucky. It takes a village to build a podcast show about movies. I don't know. That doesn't make much sense. But I will say on behalf of all of us, Merry Christmas to you. And please... Do not watch A Karate Christmas. Don't do it. Please don't.